Welcome to Despirituality. We're tackling an exciting series called Quiet Times at Work. That's what we're doing. We want to have quiet times that people have that actually accomplish something. Quiet times at work that change our lives, that help us change other people's lives. Those are quiet times that work. And when we tackle quiet times at work, if you've been listening to the series, you know that we have three questions we always answer, or not answer, ask, (laughs) that we always ask. How am I doing spiritually? Question number two, how are my friends doing spiritually? Question number three, how are we changing the world? And I always say that's a big question, but it's a big question that Christians should take on because the Bible teaches us that we can move mountains. Uh, The Bible teaches us that we have a spirit that is as powerful as the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And so we should be thinking about changing the world, whether it's at home, on our street, in our city, wherever it may be. And so quiet times at work answer these three questions. Today, we're continuing with sort of a subset of that series on overcoming anxiety. And the episode today is Reactionary Anxiety, a Bible study on staying focused for the chronically anxious. Our producer, Nathan, is looking forward to this one. Bated breath. It's chronic, man. It's all over the place. It's chronic. It's all over the place. It's running out of our ears. Noses, eyes, whatever it's called, zombie-like. Nick Straw is our resident scholar for this particular episode. What's so up? Nick, tell us what you got. I want to start with a, a scripture that I think embodies how uh, the chronically anxious live, myself. Um, and it's in Luke ten thirty-eight in the voice. Okay. It says, Jesus continued from there toward Jerusalem and came to another village. Martha, a resident of that village, welcomed Jesus into her home. Her sister Mary went and sat at Jesus' feet, listening to him teach. Meanwhile, Martha was anxious about all the hospitality arrangements. Martha interrupting Jesus, Lord, why don't you care that my sister's leaving me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to get over here and help me. Jesus, oh, Martha, Martha, you are so anxious and concerned about a million details. But really, only one thing matters. Mary has chosen that one thing. I won't take it away from her. And I share this uh, scripture because I'm, I live in Martha's shoes. My mind is is racing about all the different things I got to do, and I'm not focused right. on what's most important. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think of anxiety and just understanding it for myself and doing uh, this Bible study, realizing that um, whatever my mind is focused on, anxious, it could be good things. I'm having a kid, had have two kids now. Those are blessings, right? But I use them to, I get anxious about them. Could be eating, sleeping, pooping, just all the basics of life. Someone's coming over, that's a good thing. But I'm thinking about, okay, what are we going to eat? What are we going to do? You know, I'm thinking about all that, and I ignore the things that matter, which are the relationships with God, my wife, my relationship with my son, my daughter, my friends. I ignore all that, and I focus on the to-dos. So this is the chronically anxious uh and the things we get anxious feel like the urgent things that we have to do, but they're actually more more often than not the not important things. Me and my wife being close is important, much more than important, important than whether we're eating beans and rice or meat for dinner, you know? Right. But um, I think this is a, a consistent thing I see in my life every day. Um, I start my day anxious. I don't remember a time in my life I... I haven't really been anxious. Mm-hmm. So this is a big challenge for me. 
Um, so what 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 biblical things did you kind of think about as you were working on this study? Like I know you studied out Luke ten there. I think it was Luke ten. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. I know you studied that out. But what other kinds of 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 biblical study did you do to examine this topic? Or are you still in the process? What what what, what do you got? Uh, I'm still in process. I did a few different things. I I did a word search through eight to ten different translations on the word uh, anxious and anxiety. Kind of, I typed in A N X actually, and I got all the versions of anxiety and uh, that came up in a lot of scriptures. And I I came up with a few different things that cause anxiety, but also uh, some inspiring teaching on how to overcome it. Uh, probably the, the thing I did recently was I broke down a scripture in Philippians about how to actually overcome it. It's really been really helping me uh, change up my quiet times and focus on, instead of focusing on everything I'm anxious about, focus on what God wants me to focus on. Uh-huh. So um, that that's what I've done in the Bible study so far. So... What are the words that came to your come to your mind or came to your mind in the study? What are the words you use that are the positives? Because one of the things I try to consistently talk to people that are doing research and study on anxiety is I try to talk to them about, um, I think it's always important to be positive. And so I think there's got to be positive things we look at, positive things we examine. And sometimes those positive things are not obvious. So are there words that you came to mind that you thought, I'm I'm going to focus on becoming this. One yes. of the challenges in Christianity is you can either focus on what you're doing wrong, or you can focus on who you need to become. You know. So, were there any things concepts yeah. that you yeah words and and concepts? Um, I think there's a, a a few things like having faith flies in the face of anxiety and helps you overcome it. Why is that? Um, but, um, so. I get anxious. I believe my thoughts. So um, I'll have, like, if I'm having a conversation that might be a, a tough one to co- have or, or I'm worried what someone's going to think of me, I go to worst-case scenario. Oh, it's going to lead to an argument. They're going to yell at me. They're going to get angry. Right. That's not true. Like, that's an anxious thought. A faithful, having faith would be like, okay, man, what can God make happen in this? Right. Man, this will be closer because we're being honest with each other. Oh, maybe we can work as a team. Maybe we can find a solution. Like, that's a faithful thought, and, and the Bible teaches a lot on believing in what God can do versus just whatever my fearful or anxious thoughts are. did you find are. any scriptures on that? Or yeah. Um, f- I think Philippians 4 really helps break it down. Uh-huh. Um, I think maybe before then, the other thought, thought I had is, uh, honesty, like I'm way more anxious. Yeah, when I'm more hidden and deceitful. Okay. Um, and Philippians four uh, verse six says, "Don't be anxious, worry about anything, but in everything, about every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, to continue to make your specific request known to God." I, I see that I hold back a lot with God. I'm not honest with Him about everything. I might be honest about a sin, but I'm not walking him through um, what I feel about it. I'm not walking him through how guilty I feel yeah. or um, how it affects me, how it affects other people and right. caring for others or what he even thinks about it. Yeah. I'm not getting specific. So when I'm not specific, even after I'm done praying, I'm still uh, anxious about whatever I was anxious about right. or oftentimes more anxious because I'm a little bit more aware. Mm-hmm. Um 
but I, I I didn't combine that with faith, which went went to my first point. But so I think when you think about you know, I, oftentimes when I'm looking at my life, I always think about you know what was I like, how did I get here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do you remember? Like I I I'm, I'm I remember being very uh, uh, nervous and anxious whenever I was playing basketball and there was a full court press. I, that made me really nervous. So. I look back at my life and I can see areas where I was anxious. Uh, when I was very small, and uh, I remember that uh, I would hear reports on television about the Vietnam War. And back in those days, they actually had body counts that they would announce right. how many people who died, et cetera. They don't do that now, which I think is largely a good thing. Some people think it's a bad thing because it allows Americans to pretend there's no war and no one's dying. Um, but it made me incredibly afraid that I was going to die because the draft was taking place and I was probably six, but the draft was taking place. So once I turned 18, I'd be eligible for the draft. And a lot of people that we knew and that you knew in the community went into Vietnam, died. They didn't come back or they came back severely, uh, uh, with with severe levels of disability in their life. And so I got really fearful of dying and all these things. Sometimes I think it's important for us to to do some self-examination and ask ourselves the question, you know, how long has this been going on? How long have I been anxious? And then when we look at how long we've been anxious, we get the Bible out and say, let's take a look at how to tackle this. Because yeah. I think there's some ways to tackle Bible study that I think might be good for our listeners. And I'd like to discuss for a minute about how do you really attack, um, a, you know, uh, this idea of, of chronic anxiety? How do you attack it? How do you get excited about getting the Bible open and saying, hey, what can I do here? So when you look at your life and you kind of look at that idea yeah. of, of, of anxiety and, and being nervous, being fearful, the things you just described, right. where do you trace it to? I, I th- recently I've, th- I've thought about a lot, a lot of this. Um, I think uh, I have a history of getting beat up when I was really young by older people. Oh, really? And by peers. Um, some of it I don't remember. Yeah. Um, some of it I do. Uh, I was told even in the past several years um, that I would come home from my neighbor's house with bruises when I was three. Yeah. So since I can remember, and I didn't remember that. Yeah. Um, there's different times. I was when I was five. I was. I remember getting beat up and and uh, being pinned up against the garage and peeing my pants because I was so anxious by some older kids. Right. I go in the house, tell my parents. I peed my pants. I didn't tell them I got beat up. Oh. When I was eight, I had some kids in my neighborhood, 11, 12, right. pin me down and just beat on me. So there's these – so oftentimes I, I think from a young age yeah. I viewed interacting with people who are older than me right. or who are my age as um, painful. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Painful. So I think – and then there's just other anxiety. I'm – you know, I'm playing basketball. I'm nervous. Am I going to play or not? I'm going to mess up. Is coach going to pull me? That yep, type of yep. stuff. Those types of interactions. But I think from a since I could remember, because a lot of my first memories are from three or four. But since I could first remember, I remember being anxious interacting with people, um, wanting them to like me or fear of conflict or pain. So it affects me uh, now. So those are kind of the some deeper things. But um, actually. To the second thing you were talking about, uh-huh. I came up with things that have been helpful for me this week. 
um, as I've been trying to uh, apply them that to tackle anxiety. Because I think for a lot of us, there's people all over the world that have different experiences, different reasons why they're anxious. Yeah. Um, some maybe can relate to what I just shared. Others, th- things I can't relate to, right? Right. But we all have reasons why we're anxious. And the cool thing about a relationship with God is he is uh, someone who is going to help us and he works out stuff for our good. He's not going to beat on us. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? He's going to train us and help us, but he's not going to beat on us. So we don't have what, to What makes you so back. sure he's not going to beat on you? Um, I don't see that in, in, in scripture. Well, he killed a lot of people in the Bible. I hate to be the one to bring it up because I don't like bringing it up. But I, I guess the, the reason I bring it yeah. up is because I actually think a lot of people read the Bible and they think God is a punishing God. And I think in First John chapter 4, um, he talks about that sure. in the sense that he says that um, there should be no fear in love because love is, is, I mean, because love has nothing to do with punishment, essentially. Right. And so what that tells us is, that there is a tendency in the human mind and heart to interpret what God does as punishment. And so I think when you experience bullying, which is what you experience, yeah. right? When you experience bullying, then, and, 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 and anyone can be like this, experience any level of bullying. If you experience bullying, if you experience racism, if you experienced uh, abuse of any type, uh, then you're going to have a tendency to react to either authority or power or whatever, and God is one. God fits right. that that category, and so one of the books I really like is the Father Heart of God, because the Father Heart of God is a book that helped me deal with how I was putting an overlay onto God based on my attitude toward my dad. Mm. Now my my dad didn't do anything wrong, but I think most kids look at their parents in one way, shape, or form and think, oh, they should have done this better or why didn't they treat me this way when you're young. When you get older, you start figuring out that's called a dad. But um, I I think that I read that book and it made me realize I didn't trust God because I never trusted my dad to come through for me. Like I felt like, oh, he's not going to make sure this works out for me. He doesn't understand how important it is to accomplish this or get this GPA or go to this kind of college. He doesn't understand that. So it's, it's, he's, he's useless to me in this area. I got to do it all on my own. Now, I, I never talked to him about any of that, <laughs> but I never even gave him a chance, but I thought all those things. The reason I mentioned it is I think a lot of times uh, we don't dig down deep and figure out what's going on. And so what you're really talking about, I mean, some people will take that and go, oh, man, I had this happen to me, and now I want to find a label for myself. You know, what's wrong with right. me? If I'm, but I think the real key is to dig down deep and look in there and say, hey, what's going on in my heart and how have I responded? And Father Heart of God is great for this. Have you read it? Uh, no, some of it. You should read it. Some is. I didn't finish. Some is <laughs> Some is like the first quarter and not the other three. Exactly. Um, it's about so as long as I read it. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I, would, I would encourage you to read it because what it does is it helps you deal with, um, I'll give you a couple of book recommendations actually. Hang on just one second, and I will pull them up. 
pardon the interruption to the podcast, but we want to let you guys know something new that's going on on the deepspirituality.net website. Music speaks to the soul and helps us express parts of ourselves that are too deep for words. Through music, we can understand and express our sadness, anger, happiness, insecurities, and so much more. Through music, we can go from feeling overwhelmed by anxiety to calm and at peace with God. So this month, we've launched a new playlist, a new Spotify playlist to get you into your feels. All right, and I have Parker and Alexis here to tell us just very briefly, what is the new playlist called? Our new playlist is called I'm Feeling Anxious. Anxious. And so that's when, you know, you're feeling a little nervous. Maybe you feel stressed about something and you need to be at peace and calm. Yeah, it's really good. A lot. I mean, I feel anxious all the time and there's lots of good music. There's some Kendrick on here, some Drake, mm. some, I don't remember who Other else people. is on. Julie Michaels, Selena. There's mm. a lot of good people on here, but it's a good progression from being anxious and all these kind of thoughts and feelings that you can have and then to the end realizing like the grand scheme of things and being able to get through that anxiety i've literally listened to this when i feel anxious like throughout and it helps like i literally the best part of this is being able to listen to it yeah and it, it helps to even see from god's perspective how he can help you be at peace and get that from a musical perspective Awesome. Thank you guys for letting us know. Again, that's the I'm Feeling Anxious Spotify playlist. You can find it on deepspirituality.net. All right, back to the show. So there's a book uh, called Healing for Damaged Emotions. Now, I read it a long time ago, and it's written by David A. Siemens, and he has a workbook and a book. But uh, I read that book long time ago, probably in the 80s or something like that. But it's a great book. The reason I like the book is it makes you search through your emotions. Mm. And, it may, and I think anxiety can sometimes be a, a blanket for just uh, uh, confusion, uh, uh, fear, uh, that kind of thing. And what you're just right. talking about is, hey, I got afraid. And I think all of us do. And so you have to face the fears and then overcome those fears. I think that's a really important thing to do. And so that's a good book to go with also. And we'll have these in the, the show notes uh, for everybody. Um, the Father Heart of God, which I've mentioned, which is by Floyd McClung. It, that's a, that's a, a, a pretty good book for anybody who's trying to say, I don't feel confident and secure with God because the way you deal, I think, with anxiety and fear is you have to find security with God. You have to find a sense that God is going to protect you. And so another good thing to do is to do a study on protection, that God will shelter you. The key word in the Bible, I think, for that is shelter you. Um, uh, and, and then one of the scriptures I want to put out there for the discussion is this one. In Psalm 1430, in the Amplified Version, it says, a calm and peaceful and tranquil heart is life and health to the body but passion and envy are like rottenness to the bones. Now, I'm not a big time, uh, you know, UFC. Is that what it's called, UFC? I'm not a big time UFC guy, you know, yeah. Ultimate Fighting Championships. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I believe the first Ultimate, I may be wrong, but I believe the first Ultimate Fighting Championship was won by one of the Gracies, the Gracie family. They're Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And they're, they're just incredible. And you, you can research them if you want to. I just have friends who, who know about them, and I've read about them a little bit. 
But one of the things that they did is they they changed the style of jiu-jitsu and, and, and really revolutionized it and and have had a tremendous influence on fighting, uh, UFC fighting all over the world. The reason I bring them up is breathing is one of their key approaches, hmm. creating calm. And one of the things I think is important for all of us who deal with anxiety, and I think most of us do, right, is that we get into a mode where we start to learn how to be calm. It's one thing to focus on our being chronically anxious, but it's healthier to focus on being tranquil, peaceful. Right. Let me ask you a question. Who do you like books or movies better? Movies. I'm definitely okay. a movie guy. Give me your the most peaceful, tranquil character you've ever watched on screen. Man. <laughs> peaceful, tranquil character. Yeah. Peaceful, tranquil character you've ever watched on screen. I mean, Forrest Gump, Tom Hanks, it seemed like he was always at, uh, dude was always peaceful, regardless right. of where he all was, right. even all if right. he was in right. Vietnam or whatever. Yeah, so Forrest, pretty, Forrest Gump, kinda, Forrest Gump. Yeah. Well, and, and do you have a favorite movie right now that's been out in the last year or so? Oh, man, I'm not really up to date on my films, Do you have a favorite films, basketball man? player? <laughs> um, growing up, I loved Penny Hardaway. I'm a Warriors fan now, so I'm, I, li- I really like Michael Thompson. Jordan. Oh, yeah. Did he ever appear to be anxious? No. No. Guy is calm, boy. Just lethally calm. Unbelievable. When you watch Magic Johnson in the NBA, full of joy. No sign of anxiety at all. And so I think one of the things we want to do is we want to get images in our head of what does calm look like? What does tranquil look like? Jackie Chan, Karate Kid, Miyagi. The original right. and best yeah, for sure. <laughs> karate kid, right? Did you yeah. ever watch those? Yeah. Ultimately cool. So cool. I hate to hit bring up, I'm bringing up fighting movies so much. People are going to think <laughs> I'm violent. I'm not. Steven Seagal, Seagal. Steven Seagal, his first movie, Above the Law. Guy was so, so cool. I used to Tom watch the- Brady, University of Michigan alum and Patriots quarterback. Last seconds, cool. One last story before you get in there. Joe Montana, Super Bowl, oh, well-known story. Yeah, they're in the bottom. They're in the bottom of the Super Bowl. They're on the line. Everybody's nervous. It's right before the great catch. Everybody's nervous in the huddle. He goes, "Hey," tells everybody in the huddle, "Hey, look in the stands. There's John Candy. That is total cool and total right. calm." So I think sometimes what we do, and I feel this way a lot about things, we focus so much on the thing that's that that's not good that we don't spend enough time thinking about the thing that is good. Right. And so an incredible way to study out anxiety is to say, what about peace? What about tranquility? What about calm? Who are the people in the Bible who is extraordinary calm? David against Goliath. I mean, right. how cool do you get? There's the cool of innocence. Like he he just, he was like, no, God's bigger than this, man. I fought bears and lions. I don't understand what all the, the, the tussles about. God <laughs> takes them out. Right. Right. And the guys just, and everybody gets inspired because there's this young guy who walks in there and goes, what's the deal? You know, it's like an older person right. trying to figure out a smartphone. And then a 12 year old walks in and goes, what's the deal, man? Why are you struggling here? Let me show you how to use this thing. Right. And so yeah. it's really good. And so when you get those things, I think you, it, it becomes, it comes exciting. Like I, th- I think one of the things that I would do if I was working on this study, which you're working on it is I'd say, what are the five movie characters, two women, two men, and an animal or something? What are the five movie characters that we can look at and watch the movies and get a visual of what does calm look like? What does dealing with it look like? You know, what's a great documentary? I mean, uh, there's a Jordan documentary out. That'd be great. Larry Bird. 
There is a guy who is cool, man. I saw him live. And so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Meryl Streep, is there any actress more cool, calm, and capable than Meryl Streep? So when you get these people in your head, you know, the devil wears Prada. She's a little rugged in that movie, but man, she's she's not nervous. That's right. for sure. And I think we can get excited about it. What do you think in there? A few things. I, I, I used to watch all the old spaghetti westerns with Clint Eastwood. Of course. And he... It seems like almost every movie he's handling everything cool. Yes. Probably why I wanted to be like him, right? Handle everything cool. Yes. Handle his business. Make it happen. You got one of his and lines? Do you know any of his lines? Um, no, I don't remember oh, the lines. Oh, man. See, no. you ruined it now. No, I you did. ruined all the fans <laughs> out there going, boo, Nick, boo. You're so anxious you can't remember the line? Come on. Here's the question. Did I fire five shots or did I fire six? I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But Ian, this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? I mean, that's the coolest line. Really, that's the question you got to answer. Is the is the criminal sitting there and about to grab a gun? <laughs> and, and then, of course, he's got a magnum, whatever it is. And the guy, the guy guessed wrong. He thought it was five, and it he thought it was six, and it turned out to be five. So it's bad news. He is the cool. Oh, you got a line for me? I can see it coming. No, I had a. I was thinking of the positive stuff. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. About. He's being spiritual, everybody. <laughs> I've lost myself in movie no, dumb. I'm, 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 I'm wrapped up in movies. <laughs> I'm trying I'm like, to. I need a bob. I need a box of popcorn. A, not a movie there, review is, podcast. There is a clinic. <laughs> it's a deep spirituality. It's a, okay, deep spirituality. Thank you. Not deep movie evaluations. <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. Yeah. Well, there is this Clint Eastwood movie. I think it's the Outlaw George Josie Wales. He he goes into a town, completely calm, and this town's being terrorized, terrorized by bandits. Yeah. And he. <laughs> He paints the whole town red and renames it Hell. And then, <laughs> then, the, then the outlaws come in just confused. He's like completely calm the whole time, wreaks havoc, and then just rides off into the into the sunset. But that's one of my I favorites. Dragged, I dragged you down, Nick. Go ahead and be spiritual. Sorry. I dragged you down. Let's get away I, from I, Hell I, and back to the spiritual. Yeah. He, Nick, Nick made me anxious. That's what it is. He made so, me anxious. Yeah, there's a few positive things. I just – if you go to Philippians 4 and yeah. – um, and read verses um, six through through twelve. I just broke down different sh- scriptures, um, and there's positive things. The first thing we can learn from verse six is that uh, what I said earlier was you can pray about everything and be completely honest. Cool. And then the second thing in verse seven, it talks about God giving peace. That having faith and believing that God actually can give peace, not going running off to do a bunch of anxious stuff or to. Just dive into your anxious thoughts or whatever. So right. believing that about God. The other thing in verses eight, it's it says finally, believers, what is true, whatever is honorable, what and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and, and brings peace, whatever is admirable and and of good repute. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them on your heart. And when you were talking earlier, I was like. It reminded me of this scripture. It's focus. It's replacing your anxious thoughts with actually the stuff you want to become, the ah, good things. Okay, like great. That. I'm going to go be honest. I'm going to go be courageous. Yes. I'm going to be loving. It's replacing it with all those things. Man, I'm going to go 
be, be, be this person's friend. It's right. actually doing doing the thing, focusing on the things God wants you to do and become versus whatever you're anxious about. Then the other thing that I learned in Philippians 4, 9 is that you have to involve people in your life. Yeah. It's uh, Paul saying, hey, learn from me, do what I do, see my example. So if you just think of all the positive stuff, but you don't actually take action, yeah. there's a confidence that comes. Like when I know that I'm doing something loving, yes. I, I'm not typically anxious. Yes. I'm, I'm more confident because I know what I'm doing is right. Yes. So I'm more, even if I'm a little afraid to do it, I'll still do it because right. this is right. Um, it's 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 going to be good. And that'll give me the courage to overcome. So those are some things I learned from the Bible study. Yeah. Um, that I thought, never mind when, when you were talking about, hey, you know, thinking of the positive stuff, that's, it kind of got me back to the Bible study and be like, no, that, that's what I learned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so focusing on those has helped me. I think uh, more to do, more to study, some books to read too. Well, it would be, it would be really cool. I think if, if, if you would, if you wouldn't mind, um, you know, it, I I never thought of this. I'm looking at Nathan because he's a producer. He's got to make notice. I I think we ought to do a podcast on bullying. I think we ought to do it. I you know I just hadn't occurred to me. Um, and I know some people are listening, going, "You bonehead, Russ should have occurred to you." Well, once again, I'm proving that I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but I stumble into opportunities uh, because I think that what you, you what you were talking about, Nick, reminds me that. That and it's not like I didn't face you know people making fun of me and stuff like that. I think I did too. Um, but I think what what is really helpful uh, is understanding that when we're able to go back and, as I said, dig deep. And digging right. deep doesn't mean sitting there and thinking about it for twenty four days or right. years in, in your life. But it's going. Whoa, wait a minute. Let me let me dig deep and remove that. Let me get. Let me understand. How do I remove something from my life? that has been difficult. I see it, I face it, I understand it. And once I understand it, then I'm able to overcome it because I know what actually happened. Right. And I'm not talking about somebody who's got, uh, you know, some legitimate clinical health challenge. You wanna see a professional. But for those of us who go through life and face these things, I think letting go is about, you know, Luke six forty eight. They 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 are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. And once you're able to under, see and understand something, I I think you can overcome fear of it. One of the things they're doing a lot now with veterans from war. I shouldn't say a lot, but it's being done. Is they're using virtual reality mm. for post traumatic stress. And one of the reasons they do it is that they can put the people in exact situation they were in when the trauma took place, and by facing it, they're able to overcome it. And so while we may not be on a level in our lives anywhere near the great veterans who fought wars for our country, yeah. we can look and say, you know, there's a fundamental there we can learn from, which is I need to be willing to face this right. and take a look at it and say, wait a minute, that was just some terrible kids who didn't know what they were doing and I've got to be able to realize mm, I got to find a way to, to 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 overcome my fear that that will happen again right and and I and and I'm not a authority on that but I think that I know I've had to do stuff like that in my life with my insecurity with my fears of rejection right. being able to go down dig down deep and say 
you know what? If people don't like you, it's not the end of your life. That's what I've had to do. If people criticize me, that's not the end of my life. I don't know them. It doesn't matter. And until you get to that state where you sort of work through the deep things in your life, I think it can be very tough. We're going to, yeah. Um, to circle back to the Bible study on staying focused for the chronically anxious, I, I got a scripture that I think might help for you, Nick, and as you're kind of keep studying this out. I looked up focus, and the one that really stood out to me was Psalm 119, verse 30 in the voice. It says, I've decided to take the path of faith. I have focused my eyes on your regulations. Mm. And it's either we can focus on our anxiety, which is what I do, yeah. which then magnifies my anxiety, and then, you know, it's a snowball down the hill. That's right. Or it's focusing on scriptures. Yes. You know, and different times I've felt really anxious uh, to just sit and calmly read the Bible and like fixing my eyes on God's regulations, I think is it's more of an issue of focus. Yes. And what do we choose to focus on? Right. I thought that was really good. It's awesome. So, you know, Nick, you got me thinking about a lot of things. So I'm just going to put a couple of books out there for everybody to look at. I'm not highly recommending these books. I'm just putting them on your radar uh, because you're talking about kid, kid anxiety and adult anxiety. And you covered a lot of stuff. But there's a book I'm meaning to read. It's on my list. I own it. It's in my line of books, but it's like number 12. And so I won't get to it till probably next year. But Anxiety and Depression in the Classroom, A Teacher's Guide to Fostering Self-Regulation in Young Students. And so it, th- I read those kind of books because sometimes they have tips. They may not be exactly what we're doing, but sometimes they have tips and you can benefit from them. Uh, another one is uh, uh, Mindfulness for Teen Anxiety a workbook for overcoming anxiety at home, at school, and everywhere else, an instant help book for teens by Christopher Willard. That's another book that uh, you might want to check out. And then a new book that I uh, is in my line at number 14, I think, Parenting the New Teen in the Age of Anxiety, a complete guide to your child's stressed, depressed, uh, expanded, amazing adolescence. That's by John Duffy. And then one of my sort of favorite authors on this of books I've already read is Lisa Damore. She has a book called Under Pressure, Confronting the Epidemic of Stress and Anxiety in Girls. And so uh, that's a uh, another uh, a pretty awesome uh, book that you might want to check out. There's obviously a lot of books, I'm sure some of you have them, that are just kind of self-help books, and I know some people don't like those, but self-help books that just give us tips and ideas. And I think you have such an, a, a, a wide uh, a wide breadth of uh, stuff to, to work with, Nick, that you might, you might really want to zero in on just you know overcoming anxiety and just zero in on the overall theme of our series. Right. Because I'm not sure there is one on that. Just one that says overcoming anxiety. You might want to do that. You can still hit the chronic, staying focused for the chronically anxious, but just you might want to maybe keep that title, but you might want to get in there and say, let me just focus on what are the five ways to overcome anxiety? Because you got some good stuff. And I think a lot of people are going to appreciate the podcast. But thanks a lot for coming on. You yeah, thanks can, for having me. You can, uh, you can uh, uh, be looking in the future uh, for uh, the articles that are connected with the uh a podcast uh, and uh, 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 they'll be on uh, www.dspirituality.net 
And so thank you for listening. We always appreciate you guys listening, for bearing with us as we're learning how to do it. And we're trying to get some topics out there you'll relate to, get excited about. And remember, we're not trying to do it all for you. We just want to get you thinking and having conversations. I want to make one more point. Nick said relationships are a key to dealing with the anxiety we feel. And I think we had a good conversation today about anxiety. I hope you have some good conversations about yours and uh, learn how to beat it. Have a great day.